You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. First Peter three eighteen. Can we read together? For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Let's take that again. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Thank you very much. We will have our seats this morning. Thank you, choir. God bless you. Bring, I bring us greetings from our pastors, pastors Pastor Shola and Pastor Abi Yoshumakinde. You're welcome to service one more time. You're welcome, everyone. I'm sure you are going to have a wonderful time this morning. I'm glad because if you know that you are blessed to be in the household of David, can I see your hand? If you're excited, if you're expectant this morning, hallelujah. I also greet all those watching us from all around the world online. God bless you. This word is for you as well. Praise the Lord. All right. So it says that for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Hallelujah. If you are the kind of person that underlines in your Bible or you can highlight in your e-Bible you can underline that place that says that he might bring us to God that's what I want to talk about this morning that he might bring us to God beg your pardon there's something that is the greatest resource in the world it is not capital it is not knowledge it is not mineral resources in the ground. It's not oil. It is not vibranium. <laughs> it is the greatest resource in the world. I'm sure when I get to it, you will say, okay, yes, you should have just said that at the beginning. You would agree with me. But it is so and underutilized by those who are sons of the kingdom. Someone defined it as the ability to stand before God without anything amiss, without the feeling of guilt or condemnation. To stand before God with nothing to hide, without the need to hide anything. It is a wealth. It is riches. It is an abundance. It is a position, which we'll see in a few minutes. It means there's nothing in your thinking, there's nothing in your speaking, there's nothing in your actions when exposed to the divine light that contradicts the holiness of God. It could be that you don't do anything that is wrong or anything that God will frown, out, frown at, but when you speak, sometimes you don't quite get it. It could be that you do things that are fantastic and you speak very well, but in your thoughts. 
But this thing is defined as the ability to stand before God. That capacity, when they compare you and they compare God, exactly the same thing. There's nothing in your life, nothing in your thoughts, nothing in your words that stands in contradistinction to the holiness of God, to the love of God, and to the will of God. It means that everything in your life is in complete harmony with God. Hallelujah. Even as I'm saying that now, someone is thinking, is that possible? Is it really possible? Even if I can do that for one hour. After one hour, I'm sure I'm going to think about something that, in in fact, if I tell you, if they should play all our thoughts right now, or in the past 24 hours, some people will just do like this. Pick up their Bibles and say, I'm I'm coming for thought service. But I tell you that it is the greatest resource in the world. It is the greatest source of wealth and confidence. And it's called righteousness. Praise God. Is it possible? James said that in, we all offend in word. If any man is able to bridle his tongue, he's a perfect man. That's James chapter 3, verse 1. Let's see it. I believe we're going to be reading so many scriptures today, but I'm going to run. James, verse 2. It says, For in many things we offend all, in many things, not a few things. If any man offend not in word, if there's nothing that comes out of your mouth that offends somebody, it says, The same is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Think about it. Think about it. Think about waking up in the morning, going about your normal business. I'm not talking about your prayer time. I'm not talking about your time in church now. I'm talking about your entire life, going to work, coming back, interfacing with your clients, with your boss, with your employees and all that, with your spouse, with your children, and you're going to bed at night, and you look back on your day from morning to that time, and there's nothing in your life that you can pinpoint and say, I said something wrong. Oh, I, I, this, this, this was a lustful thought. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm keeping a grudge against someone. There's nothing. Your life is just the mirror, mirror image of the holiness of God. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible? But that is the meaning of Righteousness. Some people say righteousness is a position. Holiness is the walking out of righteousness. Righteousness is when you are <clears throat> made right with God. Holiness is how you walk out. No. That is the meaning of righteousness. It means that your life is right. Because God has made it right. Okay. Alright. So, it may seem impossible. But the Bible says, First Peter 3.18... Can we read it? Can we read it? Can we read it again? First Peter three eighteen. We, we, we said, can we read it together? For Christ also had once suffered for sins. Amen. Say amen. amen. All right, let's read together. Let's go. For Christ also had once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. What did I tell you to underline? That he might bring us to God. The psalmist 
in Psalm 15, from verse 1, he says, Psalm 15, verse 1, he says, Who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall abide? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? It is something that Jesus, Jesus died for something. That's what that place is telling us in First Peter 3, 18. Jesus died for something. And the Bible says that that thing is not so that we can speak in tongues. It's not so that we can have a Bible. It's not so that we can heal the sick. It's not so that we can raise the dead. It's not so that we can, we can come to church. No. He said so that he might do what? So that he might bring us to God. Oh, we are to raise the dead. We are to heal the sick. We are to preach the gospel and, and, and so on and so forth. But that is not why Christ died. Christ died to make us believers. He died to give us something called faith. I mean, I hope I don't run ahead of myself. And, and these signs followed them that believed. But Christ died that we might believe. Praise God. He didn't die so that we might sign Eve. Not the signs. Believe. As we believe, those signs follow us. There's something called faith. Believing God. And in our day, faith has been redefined several times. You know, it's been defined as all kinds of things. You know, uh, how to get stuff from God and, you know, and all that. But faith in its original context is that which takes a, 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 a murderer, a sinner, a Judas Iscariot, someone that has no heritage, a sinner born in sin, useless, and brings him, translocates him. The Bible says that we've been translated from the ki- kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. It's a translation. It takes him from that place and it brings him before God. And when God looks at the person, God sees himself in that person. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. There's nothing that God sees in the person that is not in him. That's what faith is. It does not matter whether you were born in New York City or in Jebode, whether you were born in, in, in a five-star, whatever, 20-star, I don't know that they rate hospitals like that, in hospital or whether you were born in a manger. So when a man has faith, something enters into his account. Praise God. Psalm 22. Let's, let's look at Psalm 22. I just want to show you what, 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 why Jesus died. Very, verse 2. Verse 3. Psalm 24, sorry. Psalm 24, verse 3. That he might bring us to God is the very first thing, that the very first question that God asks man in the Bible. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 that when Adam and, and, and his wife heard the, the sound of God in the garden, they ran and hid. And, 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 and God came and said, Adam, where are you? Is the very first thing that God asked them. Something had happened because man was born in that place. Man was made in the image and the likeness of God. When God wanted to name animals, God said, I'm going to look at my reflection and see what the name is. In other words, God gave the animals to Adam to name. And the Bible says, when God saw his reflection, and God said, Yes, yes, this guy got it. Those are the names. Everything Adam said was what God was going to say. Whatever, whatever Adam bound on earth was bound in heaven. And whatever he loosed on earth, on earth was loosed in heaven. Adam was an extension of God. The first time God came down, God said, Some, something has shifted here. He said, Adam, where are you? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, where are you? Ask him again. Say, I'm, I'm asking you this morning. Where are you right now? It is the most significant spiritual question you can ever answer. Because what happens to you in life depends on your location in the spirit. And Jesus Christ died to translocate us. 
It is the richest. God began to demonstrate this in Abraham. Okay, I thought we were reading this. He said, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that had clean hands and a pure heart, who had not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor son to truly, shall receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness and so on. That's the psalmist question. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 1. I will send my messenger, he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. I will send my messenger. Verse 2. But who, shall, who may abide the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appears? For it's like a refiner's fire and a laundress soap. But who shall abide the day of his coming? Verse 3. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold. The same question. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Some people don't know what it means. Okay. All these are Old Testament scriptures. Some of us say, okay, all these are Old Testament scriptures. Don't tell us about Old Testament. We are now in the of God. Okay, let me show you one, one place in New Testament. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. Verse 14. First Timothy 6, 14. The Bible says that I want you to keep this commandment, this Paul writes in Timothy without spot, unrebukable until the appearing. The same thing, the appearing. I will send my message, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15. Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 16. Who alone hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. The Bible says that God dwells in light that is unapproachable. Unappro- unapproachable, what does it mean? Who shall ascend into the love of the Lord? Who shall dwell in his holy place? Who shall abide the day of his coming? Some just say, I say, I'm just angry with God right now. If God can just show himself, I just want to ask him some questions. Ah! Are you joking? That's why the entire book of Job was written. Job said, I am righteous, I am righteous, and I just know why I'm just suffering all this suffering. If God can answer me, when God spoke one, one, Job said, I repent. God is light. The same thing in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. The Bible says, verse 28 and 29 says, let us, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably. For God is a consuming fire. You see what I just said right now? Uh, when I started that, you know, a life where nothing in your life, nothing whatsoever in your life is amiss. When you stand before God, you stand before God, and they look at your thought life, your word life, your, your actions, and God is saying, I'm... This is my beloved son in whom I'm well Okay, I'm, I'm ready to give myself away. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That thing is impossible. But, that's why Jesus Christ died. Jesus lived that life. It's one of the greatest revelations you can ever, can ever enter into your heart. That's why I, I, I pity those that say that, you know, Jesus Christ before the cross, Jesus Christ after the cross, the resurrected Christ. They don't know what they're talking about. It is the same life that Jesus Christ had. When he came into this world, that's the same life he has now. He said that I have the power to lay down my life of my own accord and to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my father. He had not yet died. When he told Philip, he said, Philip, have you been with me this long and you are saying, show us the father? If you have seen me, you've seen the father. 
if Jesus were to step into your shoes and live your life today, go home with you and enter into your Monday morning, enter into your car, go to your workplace and all that. At the end of the week, when they check his life, there will be nothing in his life that God is not pleased with. That's why Jesus came. Are you understanding what I'm saying this morning? Some people will say, you see, you see, even Jesus, even Jesus is sheen, is sheen, he was angry, he was angry, it was also shame because they cannot imagine a life that is without sin. Say, even Jesus Christ sin. The kind, there's going to be heresy section on the day of judgment. Say, wait, come, this heresy, just sit down there, wait. Angel, angel Michael, that bulala you're holding, how many, how many mouths? Say, just, just 25. Eh! Go and read one with 250,000. They will flog the person. As one passing through fire. When you enter into heaven, you go straight to the, to the dispensary. For treatment. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, that we do not have a high priest who is not touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Because he was at all points tempted as we are. Yet without sin. Yet without sin. But says, let us therefore now come boldly. I'm talking about righteousness. To the throne of grace. In other words, I, I like to tell people now, when, when I say this, please don't, don't make noise. It's just the way I think, you know. That in medicine, when you want to find out whether someone is okay, you check their orientation with respect, I've said this before, with respect to time, to place, and to person. If you don't do that, and you are taking a history of person, yes, when did the cough start? There's nothing the person tells you that is reliable. Because you've not checked, done a, a micro-mental status examination. Time! What time of the day is it? Like this is this morning like this. person says that this is just early moment. In fact, I can't see. The sun has not risen. Just know that you are in trouble with the patient. He does not know anything. You have to give him some drugs to stabilize my life. Okay, so what happened to you? You know, place. You say, where are you right now? Let's say I'm seeing the person now. After the person says, ah, I'm in the airport. I'm about to fly. I'm, 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 I'm going to. You are in trouble. What if the person says, okay, this is this is it's about eleven. We're still in the morning time. We'll soon get into afternoon and all that. I'm in church. Okay, you now move to person. Say, so who is talking to you like this? Or if the person's wife is there, say, so who is this like this? I person say, ah, grandma. <laughs> now you for, no, 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 you for, for me for 1985. You get message from ancestors. Time, place, and person. If, person. if the person gets all this, okay, this is morning time, I'm in the hospital. Okay, this is the nurse, this is my wife and all. I can say, okay, all right. So when, when, did the, when did the chest pain start? You know that you are, you are fairly okay. That's why I love when I read in John chapter 1 verse 1 and it says, In the beginning was the word. That is time. And the word was with God. That is place. And the word was God. That is person. But the deeper revelation there is that the, per, the one who was in complete and perfect relationship with God and was himself God. The Bible says that, in, that is as long as God has been God, the word has been there. And as long as God has been, wherever God has been, the Lord has been, the word has been with him. And as long as God has been God, the word himself is God. And the word became flesh. It means that God has taken that life of perfect harmony with himself. He clothed lights, put flesh around himself and came into this world to die. That pleasing life, that righteous life, that life of love, that life of glory, that life, that life of grace, that life that nobody can approach to, 
He says, okay, what? Let me wrap myself with nose and eyes and hair and all that and with swaddling clothes and come through the womb of Mary. Bible says, in him was life and that life was the light of men and the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. Praise God. This is what righteousness means. It is not something that you can walk out by yourself. Okay, today, I'm going to read 25 chapters of the Bible. I'm going to pray in tongues for six hours. When I get up, ah, I will be righteous. If you come near me with anything that is not of God, I will fry you with fire. That's not righteousness. If you like, go and live in Pastor Shola's house. and following him up and down. That is not mean of righteousness. It is a translocation. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich. That's why that richness is in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. That's what made Abraham wealthy. Bible says God was with him. Jacob did not know that God was with Abraham. It was a covenant. If you want to understand certain things about Christians. Sometimes you need to go back and start studying about Abraham. Bible calls him the father of faith. And Bible calls us children of Abraham. Genesis 15, 6, and Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It means that when Abraham believed God, a, 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 a certain amount was transferred to his account. <laughs> it means that salvation is an account, righteousness is a capital, and faith is the ATM card. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It was transferred to his account. And the Bible says in, in, in Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, towards the end, it says, Romans chapter 4, verse 22, Let's, let's see Genesis 15, 6 first. Genesis 15, 6. And he believed God. And he believed in the Lord. This is Abraham. Bible says, and, 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 and what he counted it to him for righteousness. Counted. Accounted. It means that God started counting it. Okay, take. One billion. Two billion. Three billion. He accounted for righteousness. That means God transferred a kind of capital into Abraham's life. And Bible says that thing is called righteousness. Genesis chapter 4 verse 22. Let's look at it. It says, and therefore, it was imputed. That's another word. Imputed. It means, to, it means to credit. It was imputed to him for righteousness. Verse 23. Verse 23. Not, now, it was not written for Abraham's sake alone. Can you see that? Can you see that? That it was imputed to him. Verse 24. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. That's why that verse says that this is the reason why Christ suffered. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. That's what Abraham was enjoying. That thing called righteousness there is means that Abraham was translocated from all of the Chaldeans. From being a pagan. From being a fatherless wayfarer just going up and down with no destiny he was translocated into the presence of god listen wealth is not what god gives you wealth is the giver of the gift wealth is the presence of the one that gives you the gift righteousness is not not lying not stealing uh, saying the right things no righteousness is dwelling in the presence of god jesus did not die so that you can stop lying jesus died to bring you to god hallelujah in that location, certain things are impossible. From that day, the righteousness of God began to move with Abraham. 
Abimelech was afraid of him. Oh, oh, oh. They took his wife. The same thing with Isaac. Bible says that the Philistines envied him. He prospered. That is righteousness. Jacob took a very long route to enter into the, into the promises. He did not know what righteousness was. Jacob went to, to, he was running away from his brother, his brother Esau in Genesis chapter 28. He got to a place. He slept in the place. He had a vision that he saw God. As I said, he said, he woke up and said, ah, I did not know that God was here. He made an altar. God was not there. God was with Jacob. He didn't know. Everywhere Abraham went, Abraham dug a well and built an altar because Abraham knew that God was with him, not in that place. So he said, I call it to Peter. How do I know that God was, was not there? Was with Jacob went on his journey and, and ended up in Laban's house. Genesis 30. Laban said, I, I, I have learned by experience that God has blessed me because of you. Praise God. Someone say, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, where are you? I'm going to begin to round up now. I don't think I can go into all of this. Righteousness is not going to church. Righteousness is not reading the Bible. It's not joining a unit. No. Righteousness is living in the presence of God. A lot of people don't know this. And this is why Jesus Christ died. He died to bring us to God. That's the reason why people compare themselves with themselves. That's why people, people get angry when someone says something about them. I don't like the way he talked to me. I was talking to a lady. I cannot forget this example. In, 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 when I was on campus and she had a, a female pastor had sent her to do something. And she had spent a lot of time, a lot of her personal resources to do that, that thing. And then it was time for prayer meeting Friday evening. And so she went for prayer meeting. And when she went there, she, t- she told the pastor what she had done. And the pastor said, this is nonsense. This is rubbish. She just washed her. And she was really hurt because she put all her stuff into it. And so she, was, she left. She didn't want to do do prayer meeting again and she said go in and she was crying and she was crying I was coming to meet her and so I met her on the way around Melambi that place you know and I met her and I said why are you crying <laughs> and she said I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> and the pastor washed me down I said really is that why you're crying that's why you're not going to be at prayer meeting he said yes I said oh. you see if you did all that for the pastor the pastor is the one that called you the pastor is the one that you stand before. Is the one that, she's the one that's going to reward you. Please go to your room and cry. When you finish crying, call me. But if you did it for Jesus, if you did it for God, let's go for prayer meeting. She got it. She turned around, wiped her eyes and followed me. The reason why people don't last in church, you see them very vibrant. Ah, something happens. The usher says something. Finish. I'm changing my church. It's because they've always been standing before men. They have never understood why Jesus died. Their righteousness is like filthy rags. Reason why you pray, you wake up in the morning and you cannot pray. You are trying to pray. You You are praying. They take the light. It's because you are not standing before God. You are just talking to the air, to the walls. How can you be talking to God and they take the light and you are afraid? God! Oh, you're praying. Hey! It's a lie. Let me answer this person. Jesus died to bring us to God. Abraham, talk about Abraham, talk about Isaac, talk about Jacob. 
Joseph, Joseph understood this thing. Joseph was in Egypt. He was not in, in, in with Jacob in the land of promise. He was in God-forsaken, profane Egypt. It's like being in a, in, 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 in a place where nobody fears God. And the Bible says, day by day, Potiphar's wife was telling Jacob, Jacob, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me, doesn't mean tell lies, I mean, you know, lie with me, you know, sleep with me, that's what she was saying, she was his master's wife, his boss's wife, and Jacob said, I cannot do this, this, thing, this thing, and sin against God, some people got two weeks in the United States, they're not only speaking for them, their faith is speaking for them, fly, 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 fly. No, you people are too religious over there. Are you sure that this God is even real? Two weeks in London. That's finished. Because they never stood before God. Paul said that I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which reason I also am apprehended of Christ. I want to know why Jesus Christ died for me. Why the King of glory left the place of glory. Became a man. Put on flesh and came here. I want to know the reason why. It cannot be. So that I can, I can be a member of the choir. God forbid. But when I discover the reason, there will be two people in the same choir, but I will be different. Because when I sing, the angels will listen. Because I'm standing before God. Praise God. Jesus was trying to introduce them to this concept. When he said to them that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 24, he said that if, if, you, if you come with an offering and you remember that you have something against your brother, leave your offering there and go and, and, go and first be reconciled to your brother. When you are reconciled to your brother, then come and give your offering. He was trying to reintroduce them to the Abrahamic covenant of righteousness. He was trying to tell them that the reason why I called you out of Egypt, why I called Abraham, was so that you can stand before me and worship as it was in the beginning. To them, it was just church. It was just they can they can they can slap their wife and 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 behave anyhow and then come to church. We bring a sacrifice of praise. Jesus said, "For where? Leave it there. If it's God you are coming to, otherwise you're just throwing away your money. You are contributing." When I got saved, I don't know about now, but when I got saved, if something happens like that, I am keeping malice with somebody. Every time I'm in church, Matthew will be doing like this, Jim, Jim, Jim. Because I know that God is God I'm dealing with, not men. No matter what they say. Wow, what a message. Wow, you're looking handsome. For where? Now lie. Jesus said, leave the thing there and go and break. If you, if you leave before God, there are certain things you cannot do. We're going to pray a prayer in a few minutes. And it's that prayer. I'm, I'm going to go there. Philippians chapter 2. You can't beat your wife. It's not possible. You're not, you're not going to be worried about your wife's family or her big brothers that will come and beat you too. No. Or her parents. You see, let me, let me show you the wedding pictures. When we're giving our daughter to you, we gave you our daughter, not a punching bag. Should I show you the pictures? Because you know that when you raise your hand against your wife, if, you, if that hand should, even for raising the hand against the wife, you know that after doing that, you have to answer to someone. The person is not visible, but it's there. The Bible says that, that when, when Saul was chasing David, Saul entered into, in, into a place to ease himself, and David was there. So David caught a part of Saul's abada so that he can show Saul that I, was, I, I could have killed you, but I didn't kill you. The Bible says that when David did that, his heart smote him. His heart. 
He was preaching. I said, how could I have touched the Lord's anointed dress? David was in that covenant of righteousness. That's why David could say, Lord, should I overtake and pursue? And God, and God said, overtake, pursue all, and, and, pursue and recover all. That's why Abraham could, Isaac could sow in the land and in the same year, reap a hundredfold. Righteousness is a wealth. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2. Let me close. Philippians chapter 2. I, I really... Okay. All right. Philippians chapter 3. Verse... 7 to 12. Let's read together. Philippians 3, 7 to 12. You are there, say amen. amen. Let's go. It says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Verse 8. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered. Yea, doubtless, I count all things. Yea, Bless you. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. That's the message of someone that is going, that is being brought to God. Let's go on. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Verse 11. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 12. Not as though I have already attained, either were made perfect, but I follow after, either I may apprehend that for which also. Why is my name written in the book of life? Why did Jesus die for me? Why did light come into this world? Why am I saved? The Bible says it's so that he can bring us to God. Hallelujah. I want you to hold the hand of the person to your left and to your right this morning and open your mouth and begin to say, Thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you, Father, for righteousness. Thank you, Father, for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, this morning, I ask, Lord, that you cause the eyes of my understanding to be enlightened, that I might know the hope of your calling, that I might know the glory, the riches of, of, your, of, of, your, of the glory of your inheritance the saints. And the exceeding greatness of your power towards me, which you walked in Christ Jesus when you raised him from the dead, far above principalities and powers. In the name of Jesus. I want everyone to begin to pray out loud in the language of the Holy Ghost. Just begin to look at your whole life. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, to present your entire life in living sacrifice. That's the call this morning. Righteousness has been given to you as a wealth of gift. Bible says that, 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 that those that have abundance of grace and of the gifts shall reign in life by, this, by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Send it straight into the spirit, into the heart, into the mind of my brother and sister. And I pray God that he will lift everyone. I pray God that he will break every yoke. That he will remove everybody. I pray Lord that he will send a revelation into our lives this morning. That will shift the very level on which we walk. I pray Lord that everyone will begin to walk in the light as you are in the light. And begin to reap 
the benefits of the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. I declare that light is shining and the darkness is past. For in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.